Cool. Well, we're going to do something that we've been doing, uh, and we're just going to continue uh, to do it, is this scripture. Uh, when we start, uh, we're going to say it together, and it's coming out of Psalms uh, 139, and we're going to do uh, verses 7 through 10. And here's what I want us to do is just take a moment and, and pause, all right, and, and say, God, would you just come and move and have your way uh, in this place. And, and let's read this together as a prayer, starting in verse 7. Uh, it, it says this. Is it up there? Awesome. Okay. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Now what I want us to do, in this, I just want us to take this moment and then let's say that again. We're going to say it even slower. You might say, well, we said it pretty slow that time. We're going to let this sink in. The reality of what we're, what we're praying here is this. Okay, let's start in verse 7 again. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. God, we just thank you that that is the reality of who you are. You are constantly with us. God, and I pray that our eyes would be opened up to that. Father, how much you love us. Jesus, what you've done for us, and Holy Spirit, that you would guide us. That we could be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to tell you guys um, a story uh, about Sherlock Holmes and his partner in crime or partner in solving crimes, um, Dr. Watson. And one day they decided that they were going to go on a camping trip and they went camping. They're out in the middle of the woods and they had a great open spot where they, they set their tent up. They enjoyed dinner over an open fire. Uh, they shared a, a, a bottle of wine, uh, and then they went to sleep. And it wasn't too long uh, before Holmes awoke, and, and he nudged his, his friend, and he said, Watson, what do you see when you look up to the sky? And Watson said, I see millions of stars. Excuse me, Holmes says, I see millions of stars. No, I'm getting, I am messing up the story. Guys, we got it right. Okay, Watson said, I see millions of stars. And then Holmes said, well, what does that tell you? And Watson replied, he said, well, astronomically, it tells me that there's billions of or possibly millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, I believe that 
we can see that Saturn is in Leo. Horologically, I deduce that it's approximately a quarter past three. Meteorologically, I would say that we're going to have a great day today, weather-wise. And theologically, I would say God is so grand that we just recognize our our finiteness. He gets done and he looks at Holmes and he says, what does it tell you? And Holmes is just silent for a few minutes. And he looks at Watson. He says, Watson, you idiot. Someone has stolen our tent. (laughs) So what I want us to do is this. In life, sometimes we try to overcomplicate things that are simple. We look way into things that are obvious. And today I want to talk about as we're, we continue this uh, series called Wholehearted, Finding Life in Christ, is, is this. Is, is that we see with our, our hearts, our ears, our eyes, our, our souls, our minds, and, and that we would find there life in Christ, that, that Christ is before us. He is presenting to us. He's saying, hey, there's life in me. And so I want to encourage you, if you have your Bible, to open up to James uh, chapter 2, where we're going to pick up in verse 14. If you don't have your Bible, don't feel bad. It'll show up on the Air Bible. I just encourage you uh, to have it. All right, and so we're going to pick up there, and the scripture says this, uh, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Again, I want to go back to the introduction of this series, don't be mad at me, James is saying this stuff, all right? But here he goes again, right? He, he's just... He just, he just started another section, and he just went off and just laid into it right there up front. And he's, he says, listen, faith isn't good. It's not enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and useless. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? His language is undeniably strong. I don't think his words could have been any more forward, to be honest with you. But here's what I want to say. He's not condemning. Sometimes we look at forward language as judgment. It's not judgment. What it's doing is it's calling. James has come to the realization that the church is not where it needs to be. And he's saying, no, you need to come in and fulfill your destiny. You need to walk in the reality of the power of the Holy Spirit, the power that Jesus Christ offers, the life that Jesus Christ offers. He's urging the church to step in to its commissioned state. Faith in, if you look it up on dictionary.com, first option, it says this, faith is defined as having confidence or trust in a person or a thing. Hebrews 11.1 defines it like this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for, it is the evidence of things we cannot see. And I'm going to give you a a crude, not nasty, just a crude example of faith, right, or lack thereof. 
You go to Lakeland Linder Airport. I know they don't do skydiving there as far as I know, all right? But we're going to pretend like they do, all right? And you go and you say this. You look at the package, the backpack that holds the parachute. And you look at it and you say, yes, I trust that. You put it on. You do whatever they do to make sure that it doesn't fall off, right? You enter the plane. The plane taxis, takes off, and you look, and you're circling over Lakeland. You're two, two and a half, three miles up in the air. And you say, I'm not jumping out of this plane. And someone says, why not? We, we're up here. Let's do it. You say, I don't trust this thing on my back. All right? So here's what the reality was, is this. That your words indicated that you trusted, but your actions betrayed you. And that's what James is talking about here, is we can, we can do a lot of talking, but what about acting? And I want to present this to you. I, want to, I just want to say this from the get so you don't feel like you're performing for God. Um, you're not out to impress God. He already loves you. Okay, I want, I want to get that clear. I don't want this to be like, oh, like, you know, I'm going to earn a gold star with God. No, he loves you. You just have to accept that love. I believe what happens is action starts to flow out of that love. And, and so he's calling the church. He's saying, hey, don't just be a church that talks about believing in Christ, but be a church about what Christ wants to do. Be a church that's about the actions of Christ to live out a life transformed. What is, where is the transformation seen? Here's another thing that we oftentimes do. We say, well, my walk with Jesus, it's very personal. It's very personal. I'm not going to share it with anybody. Okay. I'm going to agree with you on the statement that it's very personal. It has to be personal. If it's not personal, I don't believe transformation can take place. But your walk with Christ is not completely private because your walk with Christ will change the way that you act, the things that you do, the way that you think, the way that you look at people will begin to change because there's an internal transformation that's taking place that, is an, that will outflow into your life. So it's observed on the outside, and you know why it's observed on the outside? because of what's going on in the inside. So James continues here. here and I want to encourage you with this. Put your trust in Jesus. What does that mean? Wow, what does that mean? Here's what it means. Say yes to Jesus. Dude, there are going to be times of difficulty. There are going to be times of great joy. Say yes to Jesus. Lean into Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus is calling you to action. He has commissioned you. And if you're saying, well, I don't even know who Jesus is, I, will, I would love to introduce you to Jesus. Where do I start? Okay, start, start, in, start in Mark. Start in Matthew. Start in uh, John or Luke. Start there with Jesus. And, and just pray this. Even if you're a skeptic, just pray this. Say, Holy Spirit, would you come? That's it. You don't need some huge magnificent prayer. Holy Spirit, would you come and reveal yourself? 
and, and change will, will begin to happen. Why? Because we, if we spend time with Jesus, his presence will change us. Well, how do you know that? Well, I know it because I've experienced it in my own life. I am experiencing it in my own life. I would say as I look back, I'm a different person than I was a year ago, a different person than I was 20 years ago because of Jesus. And maybe you are in this room or you're online, you have experienced that same thing. You look back even five years ago how you maybe handled situations where you had not given that over to God yet and now you have and all of a sudden you see that this transformation, oh my gosh. It's like when you're away and you don't see uh, your niece or your nephew for six months and you walk in and you're like, what? Now the parents are like, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, there's not much difference. But you're like, what do you mean there's not much difference? Take a look at your life. As you've said yes to Jesus, how much have you changed? And I'm convinced of this. Unless you are intentionally saying no to transformation, if you're spending time with Jesus, you are going to be transformed. So James continues here with verse 15. Uh, James is just getting it. I like it. So he says this, uh, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that or what good does that do? You see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead. Old movie called Robots. Have y'all seen that movie? Robots, old animated movie. I like that. It's good. I think it's not Pixar. Okay, so it's not that level, but it's, it's uh, DreamWorks. Okay, so it's good. And so Robots, and there was a person, uh, Big Well. Big Well was the CEO, and he was a philanthropist. And then there was this kid, kid robot, who looked up to him because, you know, he always said this saying, hey, see a need, fill a need. Now come to find out the Joker didn't even believe it after all. He had given up on that, right? And so here's, here's a Rodney Copperbottom, who I believe that's his name, uh, and, and he says, he's, he's looking up to this guy. He's saying, oh, see a need, fill a need. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, actually with my dad even, who is this robotic dishwasher, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if my little invention can't help him because there's a need there. My dad's tired. He's worn out, but there's a need and I'm going to help out, Right? And so, so Rodney helps out. But here's the problem. He comes to find out that Big Well, is, he's, he's not even being real. He's given up on the idea. He's hidden away. He's done all this good stuff, but now, now he, he's, he's hidden away. And now you might say, what in the world does robots and see a need, fill a need? How, why are you bringing James? What are you doing? Okay, here's what I'm doing. In the world today... We have a need that we can see, and we're called to fill it. Here's what I believe. We were talking this morning uh, with, uh, I was talking with the band up here, and I said, you know, it makes you think about this, this time where, where people, it's a new time, right? Okay? And, and we say, it's a, it, it's a new kind of day. We, we don't have as many people in the room. We have people online, um, and, and we're worshiping together in this, in this new kind of way. 
There's people that, are, that have exited from churches all over the place, all right? And we, we could be like, oh, man. But here's what I think it is. It's a time where the capital C church is beginning to ask the question, which we should have been asking all along, what can we offer that no one else can offer? And I'm not talking about the coolest fog machine. I'm not talking about the newest drum kit. I'm not talking about this group or that group or this study or this program or that. What I'm saying is the only thing that the church can offer that no one else can offer is the power of the Holy Spirit, the living God, the transformational power of knowing Jesus Christ. That's all we can offer. Everything else is peripheral. Everything else. Jesus is center. And when we begin to offer Jesus... When we begin to see the power of the Holy Spirit at work in people's lives, people will come to know Jesus. The church will rise up to where it's been commissioned to. And that's us. Guess what? We're a small part of something big. Lakeland Vineyard is a small part of something big. Wow, what does it mean to be part of the kingdom? Wow, kids got school supplies when they went back. They got, uh, teachers got breakfast when they went back. Well, I mean, I just don't feel like we're impacting the community. We're impacting the community. Here's in America, we always want big results, right? Like, that's our deal, you know? I have an F, I don't, I, I have an F-350, but I want it lifted with bigger tires. I have a 600-horsepower car. I want to put thousands of dollars into it, and I want to make it 612-horsepower. I can burn out now for a quarter of a mile. I want to burn out for half a mile. All right? I have 100 people come to Lakeland Vineyard. I want 5,000. You know? I want to transform a community called Medela. I want to see transformation happen. No, I want to see transformation happen worldwide. Amen. I want to see it. Here's what I'm asking. What part are we playing? What part are we playing? And that's not, a condemn, that's, not, that's not a condemnation to anybody. What I'm saying is, are you talking to your neighbor, though? You want to see the world change, and you won't talk to your neighbor? Bro, it ain't going to happen. <gasps> let's talk to our neighbor. Let's see where, let's love our neighbor. Let's, yo, you need, I mean, just the other day. That's right. I got my neighbors right over here. All right. Just the other day, and this, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I, I'm, I was preparing for this on, you know, Friday. I leave, one of my former students is out here at the end of the driveway. His Jeep broke down. I, I stopped. I said, man, hey, everything all right? He goes, Baker? I said, what's up, homie? Okay, he's 32 now. I'm going to tell you what that makes me, old, okay? And so he's 32. I said, what's up, man? Do you need any help? He said, no, nah, I'm good. I got AAA coming. It's 935 degrees outside. Underneath the shade, it was 934. So I said, all right, man, have a good day. But then I realized that Everest was right over here, this new uh, beverage place. I'm not getting, this isn't an ad, like we're not promoing. Okay, but it's right over here. So I went in there and I thought, man, he's hot as a mug. I'm just going to drop and get him some water. Spun back through, got him some water and said, here you go, man. Didn't say, dude, I just said, hey, here you go. Oh, thanks, man. I mean, my man was chugging it. When I was leaving, he's like, so I'm like, okay, thank you, God, for that opportunity. Now, what I could have done is say, all right, man, have a good one. You hot as a mug out here. I'm in the AC. Got to go. 
But what if we just took time to care about people? What if we took time to, to hear people instead of yelling back? I think it would just change the way that we act. I mean, man, I'm not sitting up here. I, you know, I don't, have, I don't have the game on this, all right? I'm learning. But I know this is we know that the kingdom of God is at hand. The rule and reign of God is at hand. Well, how can you say that, Andy? Things are crazy in the world. Absolutely. That was promised. Read the Bible. Okay? Uh, the American dream is the American dream. I got another dream. It's called the kingdom dream. The kingdom dream is this, that, that when we pray a prayer that says this, let your, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, there's going to meet with some opposition there. So what do we do? Well, we get to partner with Christ in, in the brokenness of the world, and we get to see the world restored. Read a thing called Romans 8. It's in the Bible. I encourage you to read that. The restoration of all things. Here's what the cool part is. We get to partner with Christ. We get to partner with the King of Kings. We get to partner with God. We get to partner with the Holy Spirit as part of that restoration project. And the question that James is asking is, will you dedicate your life to that project? Will you find true life in Christ? And it'll be seen in your action. So we ask the question, what can the church offer? The church can offer the one thing that no one else can offer, and that is Jesus. Well, I don't know if that's enough. What? What? Well, I mean, if, yeah, but if we're going to offer Jesus, like, we need, we need a whole band to offer Jesus. Like, I mean, it was good, but, I mean, just that, the snap of the snare, I think, is going to bring the Holy Spirit. What? Stop. Offer what you have to the Lord, and he will multiply it. James 2, 18, he continues on here. I'm about to get excited. All right. Now, someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. James is wiling here. I mean, he said, he said, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that without faith, Good deeds are you. They're dead. Let me give you an example. I walk into the house to my amazing wife. I have bought a vase. It is beautiful. She loves it. It's shabby chic. It's got everything going for it. I present the vase to her, and she looks confused. Why? Because it's filled with dead flowers. You're an idiot, Andy. You brought the vase, you didn't bring the flowers. They're dead. They're drooped over and they're brown. What's up? I picked them a week ago. I had them out on the back porch. You didn't see them? Okay, that is okay. I have a friend who's in need of a car. I say, man, I got you a car, bro. They're crying. <laughs> oh, you didn't have to do that. Okay, here it is. They get in. They put the key in. There ain't nothing happening. 
They're looking. They pop the hood. They, what? It's empty. It doesn't have an engine. What? What kind of get? That's cruel. Got you some flowers, boo. Boom. Got you a car. Nothing. That's mean. And he says this. He says, good, man. I'm glad you believe that there's only one God. I'm glad that you're going back to Deuteronomy 6, 4, and and you're saying the Shema, there's only one God. I'm glad. But the demons know that. So quit playing. If you didn't hear that online, we just had a we just had a soccer ball hit the side of the building. Someone's trying to tell me to wrap it up. All right, and so the deal is this: What does Jesus say about this? Jesus says this in in John five twenty four. He says this: I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have passed from death to life. Praise God. Later on in John, he says this. We were referred to this chapter before. We're going to go back there. Chapter 15, verse 5, it says, yes, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. He's talking to his followers. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, they can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Remain, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you ask, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Verse 8, I want to just, I want to stress this word right here, four letter word, when. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to the Father. I just want to say, he didn't say if, he said when you produce. Okay, now how, how does that work, you know? Well, here's what it is. You stay grafted to the vine, you're the branch, and he will provide the life. But the imperative is that we do our part. And so I want to encourage you with that this morning. He goes on, James does. Verse 21. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete, and so it happened, just as scriptures say, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Now, I've got to break this down for you. There's a guy called Abram. He's referring to him as Abraham because he got a new name from God. He was called. In chapter 12 of Genesis, he's called. He's, he's 
has this belief in God, right? And he's going to move from his, from his place of origin, and he's going to leave. This is a big deal. This isn't like a transient community that we are now. We just get on a plane. We leave. I'm going to another city. I'm going to move across. This is he's leaving. And where's he going? Well, he's going somewhere, and God's going to lead him. So you're telling me he just, like, left? He left. He believes in God. That's in chapter 12 of Genesis. He's counted as righteous, and where that saying comes from from James is chapter 15, verses 6. He had already been obeying God up until this point. In chapter 22, we see where Isaac is offered. My man had already taken steps forward in his faith with God, and the overflow was the reality when he goes in and he's going he's gonna to take Isaac, and Isaac is saying, but where's the sacrifice? He didn't answer, I don't know, boy, you better be praying. He said to a crew that was with him, y'all stay here and we'll be back. Why did he say that? He walked in to offer his son. But he'd said to the people that were with him in faith, we'll be back. Y'all stay here. James wraps up with these verses. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. In Joshua 2, it tells this story of Rahab, the prostitute. Rahab, the prostitute, is used by God in order to save his people. Come on. God is calling us to be people of Jesus. Let me tell you something. Where you've been, if you're in Christ, where you've been, if it's not been great, guess what? You're forgiven. Don't stay there. Now, the enemy will come and try to remind you of that constantly, but here's what I want you to hear. You are forgiven, you are whole in Christ, and you are alive in Christ. You have found true life in Christ. God will use you right where you are. Now, Hebrews 11.2 says this. It was through their faith, it describes faith, right, in Hebrews 1, and then it said, through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Now, what I want to do, because I'm not going to read all 40 verses to you this morning, what I want to challenge you to do is go home and read chapter 11 of Hebrews. Now, don't read it unless you're ready. Chapter 11 of Hebrews, every time I read it, I just want to like read it out loud and read it loud because God shows up. These people lean into God. And here's the, the part that I love. People are seen 
successfully doing what God is calling them to do, and then they are also seen waiting and didn't see what God promised, but they were a part of what He was doing because they were observant and they were saying, God, you're doing something. I just want to play my small part in something big. We see it here. There's people that lost their lives for Jesus. Man, I mean, oh, it ends with this. All these people that it talks about earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God has promised, for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. I'm going to tell you something, and I believe it with my whole heart, is this, that God is moving. We have an opportunity. We can look around and we can be doomsdayers or we can look around and say, God, you're, you're in the middle of doing something fantastic. We can be offended by the words of James or we can be called into action by the words of James. I can't believe he talked like that to him. Well, he did. Man, that was, that was kind of forward. It was, but it's what they needed to hear. And I believe it's what we need to hear today as we see a world that is hurting, that is continuously looking for answers, that they are not being found in the things that are offered around them. We have to come to the point where we realize if we have Jesus in our lives, that something is different, that something is transforming us. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the thing that will transform the Medela area. It's the thing that will transform Lakeland. It's the thing that will transform church communities around Lakeland. And it's Jesus. Let's don't overcomplicate this. It's Jesus. Well, I mean, does it mean that I have to do stuff? It's Jesus, and he will call you to action 100%. It's not a grade card. It's do the things that he's calling you to do. And he will call you to do great things like go say hi to your neighbor. He will call you to do amazing things like pray for someone in Home Depot. He will call you to do grand things like lead someone to Jesus. I want us to get this picture. People, most people will never see the things that you do in the name of Jesus. And I want you to get this picture. That's okay. Jesus sees what you're doing. Jesus is moving on hearts. He's moving on your heart. Respond to that movement of the Spirit. That's it. I'm going to pray. Will you all stand with me? If you're online right now, I would encourage you if, you, if you would like prayer, go ahead and, and do get that and say, hey, would you just pray for me? If you're in the room, what I would encourage you to do, there's going to be some people up here. This guy's name uh, is Dave. His wife's name is Jan. I call them mom and dad, all right? There's going to be another guy up here uh, by the name of Ray, all right? And if, if you're saying, that's a long walk, okay, that's a long walk. There's going to be a, a guy um, in the back uh, by the name of Josh, 
and he's going to be back there by the sound booth. And I would encourage you with this. If you need prayer, get prayer. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come now and to minister. I would say this to you. If you have kids, right, go grab them in, a, in just a moment, okay? Don't forget them. So first week back with kids, next week y'all are gone, okay? We'll see you next Sunday, okay? No, we're not keeping your kids for a week. All right, so let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you just, we, I thank you for your presence. The fact that you are alive and well, you're moving among your people, that we get to partner with you. I just thank you for that. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would you move in this place? Would you move for the people that are watching and participating online? Would you just come and move? That you're calling us to the place that you have, you've made. That your kingdom, is, is come, your kingdom has come in Jesus. It is coming, uh, God. And I just pray that you would just have your way. I thank you, Jesus, that, that you gave your life so that we could enter into your presence. And I thank you that in your presence we're changed. And so I pray this morning that we would be people of deep faith and people of action who love you. That as we leave this room, as we disconnect from the service online, that, that as we live our lives this week, we would be the church that you've called us to be and you've commissioned us to be. I pray that we would be unsatisfied with just going on as normal. And we would come to you. And we would say, Jesus, take all of me and have your way. In Jesus' name.